Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. StarCast returns to the Chicago area this Labor Day weekend. Tickets for StarCast 6 are now on sale at StarCast.com. Join us at the Hyatt Regency Schaumburg starting Friday night, September 1st, for unique fan experiences with wrestling legends from yesterday and superstars from today. Follow StarCast events on Twitter for the latest updates about all things StarCast. Can't be in Chicago? Premier Streaming Network has you covered. Visit StarCastOnPremiere.com and get daily access or save with the weekend bundle. Get all past StarCast, the upcoming wrestling showcase event, as well as thousands of hours of content from your favorite promotions and stars. And two months of Premier Plus for free. Order now at StarCastOnPremiere.com. StarCast 6 is brought to you in part by ProWrestlingCrate.com. Monthly mystery crates for diehard wrestling fans. Plans start at $9.95 and are the perfect gift for any wrestling fan. Visit ProWrestlingCrate.com today. I don't want a piece of the world. I want the whole world. I make my own rules because it's much easier that way. Trust me. What's up, everybody? It's Marcus D'Angelo, and we are back in the Snake Pit. And, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, that is not Jake the Snake Roberts. doesn't even look close to Jake the Snake Roberts over there. That is Medusa, the Hall of Famer, the Queen of Carnage. Medusa, thank you so much for being here today. That's right. M-A-D-U-S-A, made in the USA, baby. Love it. I, you know what? It's it's they're, they're hard shoes to fill. I mean, Jake is legendary in so many areas, but uh, especially let's just keep it wrestling. Yeah, we can keep it <laughs> wrestling for now. But yeah, I mean, both of you guys are wrestlers. And with Jake's busy, crazy schedule, mm. every once in a while, we got to have somebody in here. I've seen your podcast, uh, Trash Talk and Five Minute Mondays. Uh, we've also what is it, paving the way. Uh, mm. So, I mean, incredible, incredible content you're putting out on YouTube. We'll, we'll Thank sure we you. Everybody the links. Um, and so I was like, there's, there's nobody better to fill in for Jake than Medusa. I'm happy to have mm. you here. Thank you. You know, when you ask me, I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I, how am I going to fill those boots? But it's not about 
it's not about filling the boots. It's about filling the hour or however long we're going to talk. And we're talking about fun times, experiences, the roads that we crossed or paved, um, uh, working together and maybe some of the ups and downs with Jake. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, today our topic is Hogwild 1996 and we'll get there. But first, you know, it has kind of become a thing on this show. It's customary that anytime I bring on a guest, I always ask about their history with Jake. I have no idea about your history with Jake, so I'm, I'm fascinated to hear. Oh, gosh. Jake and I go way back to Sherry Martell days. Oh, yeah. I know he's really highly of her. He did. He has. And I know he always will. Yes. And of course, my days with Sherry, that's another whole podcast. <laughs> um, I, it was an honor to work with her and to actually come in and, you know, go over and take over her, her fill her boots for the AWA. However, um, fast forward, her and I became really good friends and close again. It was, I am so glad that we reconnected. And I was, um, I think I was first introduced to Jake was around that time. So unfortunately, when I really got to know Jake um, was, I think him and I, I think him and I, did a show overseas with, wasn't it with, with John Arezzi? Oh, okay. So that would have been around 93, that John Arezzi tour. I think so. So I need to, you need to Google and double check that too. Okay. And, um, because it was, I think it was for John Arezzi because Jake and I were overseas and that son of a bitch like i was in my dressing room and back then it was just like a room with just walls and it had pipes and i don't know if we were in the philippines or where the hell we were but the bushwhackers are there greg the hammer valentine and i was like um in my room dressing and all of a sudden i hear the door open and there's jake standing there laughing his ass off threw his snake in there and shut the effing door. And I was like, oh, hell no. And here I am, you know, tits and ass, bust ass. And I'm like, what the, was he going to like, what the fuck? And so I, you can hear everyone out there just, you know, probably bust an ass laughing. And I'm sure it was funny. It, it was, you got to admit, I mean, those mm -hmm. kind of ribs are the, are the shiznit. So here I am, and I it, it, a flat walls. There's no bumps in these walls. They're flat walls. I climbed the wall. I climbed the wall to get rid of that <laughs> snake, and I was climbing up that wall, and I got up there, and I was hanging by the fucking, by the the pipes. And I'm like, Jake, you son of SOB, you SOB, blah, 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 blah. And, um, <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. And now he's laughing. All of a sudden, I look. The snake is crawling up the the freaking wall. Oh my the wall. God. Like, how does a snake, a round snake, slither up a wall? And here he comes. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I just start screaming. I, I, oh, that was it. He came in and he got the fuck. Oh, it was, yeah. Hi. Oh. Nice to meet you, Jake. And so, you know, and then that's when I started to get to, you know, really know Jake and all his shenanigans. So, um, yeah, we became friends and we would talk and, you know, he was up and down the road doing his stuff. And 
he he was very he, the man is good he's a he's a he's a master at his craft when it comes yeah. to psychology in the ring um watching him and the psychology th there's a guy that didn't have to be high flying he could do one move and tear down the house yep or even tease the move uh which, yes. which we saw all the time he would just do the finger in the air and everybody yes would just and they were in their minds everyone would know what that is right yes. they they knew what was coming that's the great old old school you know when people say oh it's old school times change and stuff but uh, again we need some of that i mean can you think of anybody that actually does that stuff style everything is so fast and and i think some of the promos especially in aew like some of the guys they're just long dissertations and it's way too long. I like a promo. That's a promo. It's a promo and promo. And then you start wrestling because it is wrestling. This isn't just all cinematic, you know, right. even though we're trying to get just to be movies and stuff. Um, but I get the promo because it puts asses in the seats, right? And if you're a good promo cutter, I mean, you're going to be phenomenal all the way around. You're like the total package, right? So Jake was that way and getting to know him and talk him, talking to him on the phone or up and down and his adversities of life. And then him staying out at that damn place at the damn strip club and losing his life to death. And fuck, I'm like, get out of the tits and ass, Jake. You'll be fine, you know. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> no, that's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> well, and, you know, you made a good point there. I, th You know, uh, a lot of times these days, these promos, uh, you know, they'll be good. Like MJF cuts a really great promo, but he's out there oh. forever cutting that promo. Yeah, it's way too long. It's just too long. I love MJF. When I was at AEW for a couple days, um, MJF and I got to sit and teach, uh, you know, sit by each other. And we spoke for a little while. And I just said way back then and that I said, MJ you're gonna you you're gonna you're gonna make it you're i mean like i was his biggest fan and i just i said just keep doing what you're doing just you know just study and i said who's your who's your idol who do you you know paul Heyman, right oh. so oh yeah yeah and i said really and so i said just a second so i got my phone out text paul and i said hey i got a fan here <laughs> <laughs> he nearly died oh it was so good it was so good but i love mjf he's he's going to be a money making mofo for Absolutely. sure for yeah. sure and i, I, I think love he's him the, he's the exception to the rule though because you know back in the day jake would cut a one minute promo and yep. he'd have and that's all you needed. The palm of his hand yeah that's all you needed i think these dissertations of fucking promos are just that's Remember the time when the girls would come on and everyone would be like, oh, piss break. Well, guess what? When you guys just keep jaw jacking, I, that's my piss break. I just, okay, I already heard what you can do. <laughs> so if you can like circle back and bring it back to a minute, minute and a half at the mo, I mean, you already lose us at that point, right? Right. There's exactly. too much. You're giving your shit away. Just like all the internets. No, that Jay. was for you. <laughs> all the socials and stuff, you know, too much out there. Too much out there. You give too much away. And Jake made his name talking in sound bites, basically. He would have like a couple of phrases and man, mm -hmm. a lot of them stuck. That trust me stuff and cold as a razor blade, all that kind of stuff that he used to say. And it worked and people remember it to this day. You know, uh, Medusa, a couple of minutes ago or seconds ago there, you said that it was it was a. Uh, 
it was a piss break time whenever the ladies matches would come on. <laughs> yeah, that was never the case whenever it was you and Bull Nakano in the ring. Let me say you guys had amazing chemistry. And uh, that was your opponent here at Hogwild 1996. Um, mm. I can't I can't wait to talk about it. The anniversary is in August of this year. Oh, um, I'm telling you, funny you said that my husband's like, I made dinner the other day and I think, I don't know, I was talking to you, I said, I got to go make dinner or whatever. And so, and then my husband looks at me and he goes, Sturgis is coming. I'm like, I know, baby, we're going <laughs> to, we'll get there again. We'll, we'll go there again. Yes. So yeah, coming up in August, same with SummerSlam, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. 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 And, and look, I, like a lot of people kind of criticize. Uh, I'm a SummerSlam or... girl. I'm a, I loved WrestleMania. SummerSlam was my jam. Like Bolnikano and I are known for SummerSlam. I think it was 94. Like we tore the, like it, that's my party. That's my party. Yes. SummerSlam. And I, why, why am I not asked back to SummerSlam? I don't know. Maybe just made out to be a villain or something the hell i got an idea for a new character by the way what is but it but it, it'll still be medusa yeah yeah i got your character fuck, i can't tell you oh you can't reveal it no here. we're going through no no me and this other person that we're talking about this and came it kind you know, just came up with all this stuff we're trademarking anything before we pitch it ah smart yeah, no. See, that's that's why you're one of the most, uh, as Booker T put it, one of one of the best. Oh, she's business, business best yeah, businesswoman business. ever. <laughs> oh, I'm business. I'm, you know, and, and that whole most wanted show here recently, whatever. If you guys saw it, um, they needed a villain for the show. I wasn't even upset. I got so many texts, you know, and phones calls and whatever. They're they're pissed. Like even people I work with, and I won't mention any names, they're like, they're hot. And I'm like, you just, you can't let it, you just let it go because they needed a villain for the show. Mm -hmm. And they picked me. But what happened was, this is what happens. You, 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 you watch, you listen, you absorb. And sometimes no action is the better reaction. And I know working with you, we've, we're still learning about each other, um, but it sometimes less is more. And on that subject, it was. And so um, I just feel like the fans really told the story in the comments. Yes, for sure. And look, it's, you know, this is not the days of fans kind of being in the dark with everything. I think a lot of them know how no. things work nowadays. Even going and back to talking about what, like, the fans with Bull Nakano and I, it'll be, that, that's a huge legacy. I mean, that's huge. Like, Bull Nakano and I, it was, um, I honed my craft in Japan, and my heart will always be in Japan. And uh, I, I definitely developed my platform to grow and bring it back to the United States. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know, I might be just another girl, you know, and I highly suggest every girl that has the opportunity to go to Japan and wrestle and stay and live and breathe and, and really to learn about that um, whole atmosphere and the whole living and and the whole Japanese culture and especially the wrestling it all goes together you are going to change your trajectory of how you you know approach or do wrestling and you're going to hone your own craft in a way that 
Like there's so many girls now, not so many, there's a handful of girls that actually use that opportunity to catapult their career, right? Uh, Tony Storm comes to, I mean, Tony Storm is amazing. I mean, she, I mean, way back in the day, I, I even said to her, girl, you got it. And she did, you know? Yes. Um, Tony Storm is amazing. And there's a couple others that like, um, um, I've been talking to this one girl on and off, Jessica Albin. Um, and I said, the best thing you can do, cause she was stagnant for a while and WWE let her go. And, and she was just heartbroken and I, I get it. I get it. But I said, the best thing you can do to rise above is find a way when you hit that brick wall, you find a way to go through. And if they keep saying no, you respect, you know, if they keep saying no, you respectfully find a way to go around. Right. And so she found that brick wall and she got herself to Japan and oh my God, I've been seeing some of her matches and oh, oh, this girl's, I mean, a big change. So me going to Japan, working over there, establishing myself, I knew I had to get back to the States and it just fast forward, you know, it, that's how I got bull. I mean, basically Vince says, who do you want to work with? And I'm like, I, we need to get the Japanese girls here. So we got bull Nakano here. And then that whole you know that gosh we had so many different stories and platforms and you know working with luna and SummerSlam and um thank god for leilani kai and at wrestlemania um with me and her but and it i mean and then in wcw it was bull nakano and i Okay, guys, let's take a minute to discuss our partner, our friends over there at AG1. Why are they our friends? Because they have truly reshaped both mine and Jake's lives in the time that we've been using it. It's the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. You know, guys, I used to start every day taking a bunch of multivitamins, or how about even worse, mixing a healthy shake. The vitamins were expensive and annoying, and to get the shake right, you've got to go shopping. You've got to add all the ingredients. You have to clean the blender afterwards, take a bunch of your valuable time up when really it could just be as simple as one scoop. Nearly a year ago, I began drinking AG1 every day because I was fed up with my morning routine and it has truly become a game changer for me. Now I have a single solution that supports my entire body and covers my nutritional bases every day. I wanted more energy. I wanted to make sure that my immune system was well supported, especially with my daughter in daycare bringing home germs every day. I wanted better gut health. I wanted a simple solution to incorporate into my daily routine that I enjoyed the taste of. AG1 checked every single box. Here's the best part for me, guys. It is easy. My schedule is very full pretty much every day, and AG1 made life easy for me by providing 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients by mixing one small scoop with water. That's it. I drink it. I'm done. It's an easy micro habit that delivers macro results. And so look, I know what your next question must be. How much does it cost? How about less than $3 a day? Break the habit of going to Starbucks or the gas station every day to get some crazy, gross, unhealthy breakfast or some expensive specialty coffee that you don't need. Spend less money and get a science-driven formulation of vitamins, probiotics, and whole food source nutrients instead with AG1. Now that is a win-win. 
If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com forward slash snake. That's drinkag1.com slash snake, S-N-A-K-E. Guys, you've got to check it out. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I cannot wait to get into the Sturgis atmosphere. Before we get there, though, I do want to look back a little bit in in just the time, WCW. Um, so the NWO storyline had taken over wrestling since May of 96 with the arrival of Hall and Nash. And, of course, you know, the heel turn of Hogan just completely turned wrestling on its head. As you're seeing all this happening, Medusa, and witnessing this shift in pro wrestling, what were you thinking as you're seeing it? Well, again, it was... A lot of thought process. I mean, it was, yeah. Monday Night War started basically. That's when the bell rang, is when I dropped the title in the trash. Yep. This is my Hall of Fame 2015 Hall of Fame t shirt, by the way. Yes, that infamous title trash. That was like and the first shot fired. I believe it. Yes, it was. And, I thought it was the greatest kickoff. And it wasn't anything that Eric Bischoff planned or I planned. We didn't know how it was going to go. But I keep telling him, keep running with it to this day because it was the greatest thing you ever did. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, I mean, coming from AWA and being a gopher boy for, you know, Vern and, um, you know, looking for a job over there. And they, you know, started him off just being a gopher boy and then an announcer and then worked his way to be a you know what vp of wcw or whatever i mean god like damn american dream incredible i mean what a way to work yourself up a ladder right it yeah. didn't matter how many people you hurt <laughs> it just <laughs> hey it's business you did he did what he had to do and he did it in his way and um the best part of his career was the monday night war and so you know, and then he kind of knew how to work it and he had his people around him and he, um, you know, he trusted a certain group and, um, yeah. And it, you know, they started the NWO, um, Hogan turning to a heel, which was phenomenal. And the whole NWO process, um, as soon as it started, I thought, well, you know, this is great, but I sure in the hell don't want to be a part of it. Um, really? I, I just, I, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I stood my ground and I did not want to be a part of that at all. And only because it's just, it was a good old boys club. And I, I if you know me, uh, as people starting to learn about me more and more, is that I'm an individual. And I just, I, I mean, I don't mind groups because I, I like my little groups in life, but 
If NWO was going to stand for anything, it was going to stand for the new women's organization. Yeah. Man, that could have been like a fun spinoff group. Thank <laughs> like you. they did the LWO. Why not? Why not? Why the not new that? Women's organization. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do have a t-shirt with that, um, but um, I don't know if Pro Wrestling Tees has it still, but. Anyway, yeah, new women's yeah, so it could have been flagged by WWE or something. <laughs> ah, shit, so many people got their own rendition of it. You know what I mean? Why? <sighs> Whatever. Um, well, I mean, it's it was nuts and interesting to hear that you didn't, you know, really care to be part of it. But you I know, didn't. For for further context, it's like, yep, you were part of the Dangerous Alliance, but you weren't really a wrestler so much as you were like a valet and sort of like a. Uh, I've heard Paul Heyman put it as like the 007 of the group, kind of like this, you know, don't don't piss with me, you know, enforcer yes. almost of the group. Um, but so now, you know, things have changed. You're you're a wrestler in your own right. And who knows if those opportunities would have existed inside the NWO for you, right? Yeah, well, as you saw the way it was going in WCW, women's wrestling really wasn't happening as it was promised to me we were you know i was promised that there was going to be a women's roster and we're going to build all of this and have a women's title and well not so much but uh we saw where that went um it was one and done and akita hokto got it and they wouldn't even give it to me and their own you know instead let's just throw her with the men and give her the cruiserweight title so Yes. It was very weird. There was more emphasis on the men because it was just a bunch of men running it, bunch of, you know, just a round table of circle jerking men just thinking men stuff. Pretty much. Uh, I, I don't know that I can put it much better. And a couple of men had come into the company here, of course, with Hall and Nash. Um, the two of them had developed these reputations as shit disturbers behind the mm -hmm. scenes in the WWF as part of the clique. Um, you were there for a lot of this stuff. Did you have any concern when it came to their arrival in WCW that it was going to be more the same shit you saw in the WWF? Well, I mean, their shenanigans were their shenanigans. And they liked control and they made sure that they got themselves taken care of and made sure they were on the high paying payroll, you know, payroll. And um, I never was, but yeah, I mean, what fit them fit them and what was best for them was for that. Everyone looked out for themselves and, you know, a few of their own buddies type of thing. Um, but maybe because I wasn't with that, maybe because I didn't kiss ass and, you know, I just, I never veered that way in my whole life. I never was that, I was never a follower. I was a leader. Or like a behind the scenes politician. That's not something I see in you where you're, you know, mm -hmm. back there kind of politicking, you know, for yourself, try to position yourself above others or burying other people no. to make yourself look better, right? No, they, you know, of course I wanted the best for myself. And I wanted the best for what was promised for a women's division. But again, the excuse was, well, there isn't any women. Yeah, yeah there was there was more by then in 99. Give me a break. So, yeah, it just didn't happen. And so I just saw where the women's wrestling was going. And I was just like, you know, I think in 99, I just I gave him my notice because it was up in 2001. I said, I'm out. And that's where there is a interview with, uh, mean Gene and myself, you know, a final match thing. And uh, they had me do that, which was so weird. And then they had me sit home for almost a year, just collecting a paycheck, not doing a damn thing. 
Right. That was uh that, that would have been 97, I believe, after you were injured in a match. Oh gosh. Against somebody I think it was Bull Nakano injured or Akira maybe? I don't know. I we'll don't to, know. We'll have to look back through. But maybe. uh in any case, uh relationship with Hogan Hall and Nash. I mean, was there any? Did you did you talk to them at all or was it kind of just like I mean, know, it was all I mean, yeah, I mean, there wasn't any um hatred towards any of us and we didn't portray that at all um you know everyone was cordial i mean it was business and i've always kept my home my home and my business my business and even today like you know except for my husband he shoves some things in a curio like you walk through the house you'd never know what i did except for like right here like this just came up because I mean, after how many years? I mean, almost forty years of entertainment. This is the first thing I've got up. Wow! <laughs> like what the hell? I mean, <laughs> what the? And so, yeah. I mean, no. Healthy, healthy to keep the two separated, really, because um, it's you know there is work and that aspect of your life where you're a celebrity and you're out there, but when you're home, you you just have to be Deborah, right? Yes, sir. Deborah, it is. Yes. And, <laughs> and, you know, my husband is the same way after 31 years of the army command sergeant major, of course, but he would come home and he'd walk through that door. And the first thing he would do is say hi and give me a kiss. And he would get out of his gear, out of his fatigue, you know, just the, out of his army suit and just and then he became dad husband whatever and uh it was fantastic and I, i've always done that too i just i didn't like bringing my shit home in fact that's why i've got 50 plastic tubs of stuff it just <laughs> that's where it sits i in fact right before this this here i was looking for my hog wild jean jacket i still have it no way Mm-hmm. so hog wild not road wild I can't remember which one. I, no, it's the original Hogwild. Man, that thing's probably worth a fortune. Yeah, I had two of them. I already got rid of one years ago. I just, whatever. As I was doing the research for this, I saw like the commercials and stuff for Hogwild. And I saw the commercial where they had that jean jacket. And it was selling for like 89 bucks or something back then. And I was like, man, if I could go, go back in time, I'd probably pick up a few of those. Because, God, they got to be worth some money. Yeah, yeah, I have. I probably have a one or two, a little bit of everything or something, all packed up in plastic tubs. Uh, let's talk about the the plan for the August pay per view here in WCW. What do you remember thinking when you heard about the plan to hold a pay per view in Sturgis, the home of the largest annual motorcycle event in the world? Well, of course, I was excited. I was very excited because that's my jam, and that was that's my that was my life. I fit in. That was my mold. And they knew it, and so did Eric Bischoff. So, you know, a lot of people rented Harleys. Some of them had their own, and, of course, I had my own. And, you know, uh, rumors have it that, you know, Eric Bischoff's talked about my ass all the time, riding behind <laughs> me on my Harley to Sturgis, and how it was the best view of the whole fucking ride. <laughs> Whatever. But, I mean, because, I, I mean, when I ride, I ride. Like, I have a soft tail. And I, I ride, I would ride laying down on my bike. Like really? I would, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, when you're riding 300 fucking miles. So, you know, so you, I would ride and just lay down on the gas tank, like right here. 
Yeah. And I would come down like this and I would put my back feet up on my saddlebag. So it's kind of like, <laughs> and I would just like put it in, tighten up my gimmick, like cruise control and just go, hum. it was so great. My ass was all popped up in the air. So I, I, I never even thought of it back then. It was, I wasn't, I mean, dudes and their lascivious acts. I mean, come on. That's, I mean, that's, I guess that's a guy, but yeah. Well, it's 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 easy for me to picture the guys. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Days, I mean, I'm a guy too, so I get it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, had you ever been to Sturgis prior to this? Yeah, I have a um, couple times going out there with friends and uh, charity stuff. Um, yeah, it's a place. Uh, back then, there you know there wasn't really phones and cameras. Thank effing God. <laughs> Could you imagine some of the videos that no. would have made it out? Oh my gosh, just wild mm. times. I mean, there's a saying with <laughs> me, and I have it in my house here somewhere. Um, tequila, either I, I, when I drink tequila, I either get naked or fight. <laughs> Man, and with that biker crowd out there, I'm sure that uh... it, both of it was fantastic. Whew crazy uh let's see i think i was one time naked on a bar having people have women women doing belly shots off my <laughs> <laughs> only in sturgis baby all right guys we're going to take a quick break to talk about our new sponsor fume and their incredible product cold turkey may be great on sandwiches but there's a better way to break your bad habits we're not talking about some weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or replacing one bad habit with another we're talking about our sponsor, Fume. They look at the problem in a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it, instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. I got my fume in the mail and I was blown away by the amazing flavor. With options like crisp mint, orange vanilla, maple pepper, and more, there's truly something for everyone and every preference. Also, I am definitely a fidgeter, and Fume scratches that itch as well. It's perfectly balanced, feels great in my hand, and acts as a great stress reliever. Also, it just looks cool. The design includes real wood, a sleek look, and a great shape. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard, but switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers and has thousands of success stories. There's no reason that can't be you. Join Fume in accelerating humanity's breakup from destructive habits by picking up the journey pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use code SNAKE to save 10% off when you get the journey pack. That's tryfum.com and use code SNAKE to save an additional 10% off your order today. Uh, and I mean, like, so it's it's a crazy biker crowd, uh, and there's a lot of big, muscular guys coming into town with with uh, WCW. Did you see a lot of the bikers try to test the guys? Because I've heard that that's a thing. Oh, I'm sure, but I I don't remember any of that because I was just too into you know, 
You're just having fun. I was just in my element, you know, and I was just like, yeah, I don't, they can sit there and flex on their Harleys. I mean, the, those bikers didn't give a shit because they'd take them out in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. The problem <laughs> with the wrestlers is most of their muscles was in their mouth. Yeah. That's, that could be an issue out there too. I'm sure. Yes, it was. Well, I'm Dave sure. Mel Dave Melter wrote in the 622 edition of the Observer uh, that that well, it's actually the first mention of the stipulation for your match, which uh, informed us all that you'd be facing Bull Nakano, and the loser of the match would have their motorcycle destroyed by the winner. Uh, on the surface, the whole thing makes sense. Any foreign motorcycle there is not welcome. But what did you think of that stipulation? Oh, I thought it was great. It was a great, um, you know, I think you know. Them asking me, what do you think? How is this going to work? Do you care? You know, I'm like, you take a sledgehammer to my effing bike, you're going to, um, the battery is right underneath the damn seat and you're going to crack that bit. No, no, <laughs> you ain't hitting my effing bike unless you plan on paying for everything. Right. And so they know that was a no, no. When I got the sledgehammer and, you know, thank God I was, you know, in shape back then. I mean, they, you know, usually when you get a sledgehammer, you pick it up and it's like maybe only, what, 10 pounds? They mm. probably bought a sledgehammer that was 35 effing pounds. So when I went to pick it up and I was already gassed from wrestling and it was the heat and people, <laughs> there was like thousands of bikes around and there was no seats. They were all on their Harley. So when they liked something, they were like, rin, 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 you know, <laughs> they liked to move. It was rin, rin, rin. <laughs> and so, of course, I was red, white, and blue, all American. Anyway, so, uh, but those are my people. I just, uh, it was great. And so when I grabbed that sledgehammer, I was so gassed. I picked it up and I couldn't even breathe. I was like, you, if you see that clip, you see me pick it up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I'm sitting there trying to hit this thing. And I'm realizing this bitch is plastic. It ain't going nowhere. I ain't doing shit. So finally, at the end, I just kicked it. And I said, fuck it. I just kicked it over. Man, and af after a night of doing body shots and stuff, I'm sure that that was a factor as well. No, that was later. because <laughs> <laughs> That came after. <laughs> I always waited to have fun after because I knew what was coming up. I, I am not stupid. Smart. Smart. Well, your mm -hmm. opponent here, Bull Nakano, uh, I mean, a legend. Um, and the two of you yes. had rivalries for the ages everywhere you went. Um, what can you tell us about why you had such great chemistry with Bull? What was it? It respect. And it was the beauty of, uh, of a wonderful person is that they're not just thinking about themselves and they care, um, about the match. Um, and it's about getting the other person over, um, protecting the person, of course, and there's going to be accidents and mistakes. Um, uh, However, she didn't know English very well. Zero, like, you know, a little bit of words. Yes. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, go. <laughs> um, it, That's got to be a challenge communicating in the ring, Back right? then it was. And so if you saw any of our matches, I mean, there's no talking. <laughs> and so so back then you got okay they'd come in this is an agent back then they'd come in all right medusa bull hi how you doing uh medusa you're going over your finish um you guys got you know 10 minutes okay thanks <laughs> and they would leave 
that was the that was an agent back then. Oh my god. Yeah. Is Sunny Ono like translating to her? Back then, no. No, I don't know. I, I would hope so, but I don't think he I remember him saying he didn't know that he, he didn't couldn't converse that well back then or something. I don't know. Oh. I, I don't know if he did. I, for some reason, that hits me then, that he didn't know that well. Now he can. I hear him talking Japanese pretty well. But I don't know if he was just working here. <laughs> but... he, he may have been working because I, I feel like he had done some stuff in New Japan prior to his WCW run. I don't know that for sure. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, um, I don't know. But anyway, I he might have been telling her. But, he, I mean, he can't talk to us when we're in the ring. So, I mean, you know. But we'd we'd get at least make sure we had a few spots um worked out as far as just the finish is all that mattered you know because everything else we'd just say okay deja vu deja vu means are you okay with everything else we'll just work it out there okay okay and then we just wanted to make sure we had at least two you know the, at least the couple moves leading up to the finish and we were good well, uh, let's talk about the crowd here a little bit. Free admission, crowd composed mainly of of bikers uh, as opposed mm. to wrestling fans who are like invested in the storylines. Uh, what can you tell listeners about working in front of this unique audience? Well, this audience was all for me. So, I mean, I, I fed off of them. Mm. And it was so good. You just knew how to do it, the timing. You knew what to give them, when to come back. And the USA, vroom, vroom, USA, vroom, vroom. It was just... I. It was so good. I mean, it, I couldn't have, it was just, uh, it was a good highlight of my, I, I loved it. One of my favorite times. I, hog wild, road wild. I always loved the atmosphere. I thought it looked so cool. It was such a cool concept, unique uh, to be sure. It is free admission for these bikers, as I mentioned. So it's like, yeah, you know, maybe some money lost there. But Eric has said since that the, the uh, advertisers that got involved with it, like Pennzoil or Valvoline, you know, more than made up for any lost uh, admission. Yes. Um, yeah. Well, here's the other thing I keep hearing about it is that the locker room situation was maybe less than ideal. What do you remember about uh, the locker rooms at Sturgis? I don't remember anything. I, I think they were tense. Yeah, I think I had heard like shipping containers, tents and like yeah. uh, porta potties for your bathroom needs. Yeah, probably. I mean, that's Sturges, though. I wasn't I was gonna, even bothered by it. I was going to say, I, with that, your background, probably, yeah, nothing, whatever. I did. I see that. that I wasn't bothered. I wasn't prima donna. Anybody that bitched about it was making probably, you know, six figures. Well, know. the the I won't name any names, but the person I had heard bitching about it was certainly making six figures. So Of course. <laughs> they were used to the best of everything. Uh-huh. Yes. That's the problem. Um, well, I've heard a lot of wrestlers complain over the years about the platform that the ring was up on. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say ah. it probably didn't bother you either. I had a harder ring in freaking Japan. You want to <laughs> wrestle on concrete? Go to Japan. I've heard that about Vince's rings, too, back in the day. Uh, back you in, did you see some of them? That's what Bull and Nakata. Yes. Well, see, in Japan, we wrestled probably 300 and something days a year wow. and I probably was home a total of two months for the whole year my god at my condo that I had I probably two days a month or three days so you know it was just crazy and 
um yeah their 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 rings were they're no give no give you can just hear it i mean they were th oh my god and then you know then going over to wwf i mean that was like yeah no problem <laughs> okay. so you were just you were rolled with the punches no matter what sturgis yeah. wwf rings wherever you are i was a non-complainer yeah i cannot <laughs> tell you i did not i can't believe people were bitching pussies <laughs> All right, we won't bury anybody uh, before I stick my foot in my mouth and, and whatever. Reveal, we both know who they are. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we, I, I think I think our <laughs> listeners can probably put it together. Uh, your entrance is is badass. So you come out cruising on your your pink Harley in front of that crowd. Uh, they're super excited to see you. You've got like a, a a cool backstory with that Harley too, don't you? I got a really cool backstory. So I was in Japan. And I got back and I was like, Granny, I need a bike. She goes, what took you so long? I'm like, I've been in Japan. <laughs> and so I went to Twin Cities Harley Davidson because I'm originally from Minnesota. Yeah. And I went to uh, the Harley shop. I bought my Harley back in 91, 92 when it first came, when it was brand new off the showroom floor. And it was only like 11,000 back then and um, took it off the showroom floor and never looked back. And uh, my granny is a Harley riding mama and she rode her bike up until she was like 83 years old. That's badass. And she's turning 100 next week. Wow. Yeah. And she's still alive. She still drives her truck. She sews, she reupholsters furniture. She's just, they do tests. They come out, they out, they're like, what is this woman made out of? She's a shapeshifter or whatever, you know? And so, um, but yeah, so she was, you know, she was my, the woman and my hero in my life. So um, a lot of jeans, good jeans from her, I'm sure. Um, and I have her Harley in my garage now, just redoing it, putting it all back together. How cool. So you yes. own two motorcycles now? Yeah, I had a couple. I also had a V-Rod. That bitch almost killed me. So I bought that thing when it first came out. I think it was in 2000. Nice silver aluminum. Oh, my God. It was like zero to 90, zero to 60 in two seconds flat. I remember I got yeah. on that thing. Not My, my soft tail is like... Bleh right i was like wow 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 boy i i freaking bit that bitch and i was like oh no you ain't controlling me i got back on it again it was just a puddle jumper and i kept it for years and i just like i didn't ride it because it was like it was like a 4.3 whatever gallon tank and you'd be like beep 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 need gas beep 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 it was it was a bar hopper oh i gotcha Man, uh, cool to see that you're still active on motorcycles. Uh, mm -hmm. Hopefully, you'll be riding into your 80s, much like your granny did. Oh, uh, yeah, that's my plan. <laughs> well, let's get to the match itself. We have one clip this Ooh. week. It's the final moments of your match with Bull Nakano. Let's watch. The fans are behind Medusa here. They're revving oh up the God. engines. Rallying behind Medusa. Sending Nakano in. She missed that spin wheel kick. Oh, my oh. She didn't escape from that one, and I mean escape maybe temporarily. 
Oh, Euro boy. Three, Breen. Standing switch, Medusa. So Derek oh, shit. Derek, two one, two. She got her. No. Got a two-cat again real How close. How did she kick out of that? Damn it. Athletes. Medusa now needs to try to put away somehow. Right and believe me, let me go. tell you something. These are great, great athletes. She got her. No. no. Did you stop that? She did not get her. Well, my monitor has a horizontal court going. Oh, that's a little. I, I tell you what, when the bell rings, you can say she got her because you'll be right one way or the other. Of course. So USA, you there you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah bitch. The ten of USA. One, two. She didn't get her. Give her right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Boy, there's a lot of bikers there. Right there. there are well, a the lot of people revving their engines. Belly to back, one, two, Move it, bitch! No, 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 she, that was no, close. I got excited. The hand went down. It does say the hand went down, But I think maybe he's saying no, he didn't. Wait a minute, they got, they got the... Sonny Ono has the sledgehammer. Where'd he go with it? He's going to Medusa's bike. Oh, don't you? Watch. He takes a little he's swing, to too. Bike. I don't know he's lucky. That thing is heavy as fuck. <laughs> they loved it. That's <laughs> sunny. And that bike is just not budging. Oh, there they go, starting the Harleys. Did I just spit at him? Oh, shit. I couldn't lift that. I was so blown up. I mean, come on, Bullicano weighing 200 pounds for fuck's sake. You're doing pretty well for just having a match. There you go. Look at that. Little piece. <laughs> <laughs> trying to find a spot. I am. The thing ain't going over. It's like, come on. What are y'all looking on the cub at? You know, I was wondering here that maybe it was Bullicano. There we go. Shoulders down. Yes, it was. Yay. That was, that was so good. <laughs> I loved it. The so what was weird though was the finish of the match was the last thing we saw was you got your shoulder up. Uh, it sounded like the ref counted three, but you had your shoulder up, and then that's it, and you're declared the winner. And here the the, the announcers finally reveal that Bull Nakano's shoulders were down, so she kind of like pinned herself while trying mm -hmm. to pin you. So <laughs> a little bit of like a weird finish of the match, but uh, you know the important thing was that we got the payoff we wanted. With, uh, with Wait a minute, who got the payoff yeah. that they wanted? <laughs> well, probably the, all the Harley riders, they were pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Are we talking tangible here, or are we just, what the hell? No. Are we talking paperbacks? No, I sure the hell didn't. Man, I cannot imagine trying to hoist up that sledgehammer after, as you said, you're hoisting up Bull Nakano, you're blown up from all the cardio from the match and all that <laughs> stuff. Where did that come from? I don't know. My but God. when your adrenaline is pumped like that, you don't, you just, you don't know. You just, it comes out of nowhere. And so you just, you find a way. You make things, you make shit work. Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've been telling my listeners over at OU didn't know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. Conrad sits down with a pioneer of wrestling television production, director Dan Bynum who discusses his journey through WCW, ROH, MLW, 
and where it all began for him, world class. What really was the, uh, the thing that, that catapulted it was one, working with Ric Flair. He came to the territory and wrestled with the Von Erich boys and gave us so much uh, gravitas. And two, the greatest feud in the history of wrestling, the Freebird Von Erich feud. Mm -hmm. uh, so we were there at the hottest time with the hottest show and we took over the world. The Yeti, Ron Reese, sits down with Ad-Free Shows members to talk about his infamous night at Halloween Havoc and how it was received by the boys in the back. Oh no, I remember like Arn Anderson told me that that was the Drizzling Shits and Dusty Rose was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And I'm just like, hey, thanks. <laughs> That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com. And you did. And by the way, like you started hitting that bike and the sledgehammer is just bouncing off of it. So you kind of <laughs> steady it as it's bouncing, <laughs> too, which is exhausting. But <laughs> you, you would you found a way where, you know, instead of saying, OK, I'm just going to beat up the sides of it or whatever. You're like, well, I can smash that windshield or I can smash that light or the mirrors. So uh, you made the most out of it. Oh, it's so funny. You know, I just sent a picture to DDP and I was going through some old photos and this was like two weeks ago. And it was DDP, Mike Weber, and one of the security guards. And there's Mike Weber standing in front, flipping me off. And DDP's in the back going like this. And I'm like, he's <laughs> like, DDP's like, oh, my God, Deuce. That brings back memories. And that was at Hog Wild. No way. Yes. That yep. is cool. I would love to see that photo if you could send it to me. I'll, I'll put it up on social. I will. And then there was cool. another photo. Where's my phone? Then there's another photo of all of us. Um, it was it, the Steiners, DDP, um, just Sting, all of us, and Mongo. And we all turned around, and, and um, Elizabeth. And we all turned around because at this point, we were just pissed off. And what about something? I can't remember what it was. But we all turned around. We bent over and we had our ass sticking to the camera. And we were all doing this. <laughs> and I got the perfect picture of all of us of that. Oh, my God. Yes. You have to have that for social media whenever I, I put this episode up. That would be amazing. Okay. All right. Very well. Very cool. Well, uh, so you went out and had fun in Sturgis that night. Uh, Probably got naked, <laughs> did body shots. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure there's the not one picture cool. of it either, bitches. <laughs> but then, I mean, so it looked like an epic trip from uh, the Mall mm. of America out yeah. to Sturgis. How was the trip back? Everybody it was great. Was well, my granny rode her motorcycle up to Mall of America and her favorite was Sting. And so I have some great pictures of her and Sting. Um, and all of us, you know, collaborating, putting together and getting ready to go. Um, the ride was interesting, as I told you about, you know, laying down ass and whatever. It was a 300 mile trip, um, stopping for gas. Uh, some girls complaining, oh, my hair's tangling. What do I do? And I'm like, fucking bitch, put it in a brain. Shut up. Let's go. Um, and so, yeah, um, there was some shenanigans. There were shenanigans on that road trip. I imagine. Yes. Shenanigans. Wow. Ellis Edwards. Ellis Edwards, if you're listening, you 
MFer. <laughs> and a and a good friend. Um, yeah, yeah. You need to ask Ellis Edwards what he did to me when I was writing. Um, most of us were doing the ballsy ones were out in front and we, we were pounding pavement, just ripping through the highway at 90 miles an hour, if not more, just constantly Damn. fucking going through no windshield. I didn't have a windshield. There's some pussies that did, but no windshield, um, just hitting the pavement. And the dudes are like, what the fuck's wrong with this chick? <laughs> like she can ride. Oh my God. Oh yeah. You don't, you didn't, yeah, you didn't fuck with me. And, and so no helmet, just sunglasses. I didn't. I didn't. I never, I shouldn't. Well, whatever. I choose not to wear a helmet. Um, even to this day, say what you want. I just, you know, if I'm going on a long trip, I will wear one. Mm -hmm. But otherwise I don't. But not the long trip to Sturgis. No, no, that's not long. It's only 300 miles. Oh, okay. Not too, not too. I mean, shabby. I rode my Harley from LA to New York. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you you had to have been sore after that. Um, there was some, I mean, chafed asses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were we had to wear ski masks through the desert, so that's how fried we were. My God. Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast, dude. Wait, it was a um, it was the love ride, not the love ride. It was America's ride, and uh, we all got together, a bunch of celebrities and whatnot, and we'd well, we planned this whole thing, and we started off in L.A. And we went from L.A. to Vegas and then um, a lot of people dropped off there and then a lot of people joined. And then we went another probably five or seven hundred miles in one day. And then it was that all the way across. And what we did is we put a charity together and it was like uh, the year after 2000 or after 9-11. And um, it was uh, we raised. Oh, my God. We raised so much money for all the families and victims and people um and gave back to the community in new york that's um, great oh my god you wouldn't believe um i mean i mean back then i mean i got the key to a lot of the cities nice. not just one just you know yeah i got the key to a lot of the cities i think almost every city that means you can do whatever you want in that city right pretty much well <laughs> Well, there was one. Oh, God, we're going to save it for the Oof. Oof. Oh. I remember we were, yes, we were hanging from a chandelier at one of them. No it way. Good. Oh, it was so much fun. Yeah. You had, you had some wild times between oh, the Oh, my life and... has been amazing. <laughs> my life has been amazing. I have lived a good life because I made the best out of it. And I kept my shit private. Now I'm telling the stories of, of, the good times and it's just it's all right you know there's a lot of hard times in there absolutely but you made the best out of it well i appreciate you giving us a peek today at, at one little chunk of of your incredible experiences uh thank through wrestling you. and life and everything it's been awesome having you here i oh, mentioned it before thank you oh no thank you for being with us and i mentioned before you know you're a great podcast to yourself uh what can you tell our listeners about what you're doing in the podcasting world Oh, thank you. So, I mean, I've been dabbling in it. I started off years ago, probably eight years ago in it. And um, I first started with a podcast called Full Throttle. 
<laughs> and I was at that for God, a good four years. And then I had full throttle. Then I started another podcast called, um, I think it was Half Throttle. And I did that for like the younger kids. And Half Throttle was, I would talk about kids stuff. And I would, um, I would did a whole layout about um, Harry Potter because I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Oh, oh. Cool. And um, yeah, we talked about each movie, um, each episode of the book. Oh my God, it was so good. Um, and then I just revamped everything and just came up, you know, uh, with Five Minute Mondays paving the way and then um, came up with Trash Talk for to talk about what's happening in life. All right. And so yeah, you can catch that on unfiltered deuce, right? Unfiltered deuce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're still not going to get everything, but you get more than you usually do. And guys, you can find that at youtube.com forward slash at queen of carnage uh, to get all of Medusa's stuff. You're releasing stuff every single week, always new content. Um, and I know that you've got some really interesting stuff in the backlog too for people to go back and check Ooh, out. So go yeah, we out got of some your way. Stuff. Yeah, we got some stuff coming up. We're planning on dropping here um, as soon as we get to certain levels and viewing and all that stuff. So we got some plans. Um, I'm very thankful to where, you know, where we where I was and to where we're at now. Um, of course, with your help, um, working with Marsh has been, a you know, really plus. Um, so, yeah. And thank you. Thank you, everybody. And thank you for having me. And Jake, I love you. I love you. But you're still a dick for putting that snake in my dressing room. She has not forgotten, Jake. That was 30 years ago now in 1993. Yes. And it's, it is a fresh wound. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. Hey, by the way, I know that you're active on Twitch as well. Um, yes. So, every so Wednesday. Be, every Wednesday. Yes. yes. Every Wednesday at 9 p.m. It's twitch.tv slash medusa underscore rocks go and join medusa there on twitch 9 p.m on wednesdays and you can follow her on social media at at medusa underscore or medusa.com everything's on there too oh yeah medusa.com she's got all kinds of great stuff merchandise oh we got auctions i'm gonna have an auction i'm gonna have a live book signing again amazing mm -hmm. all right <laughs> thank but, you for uh, having me thank you everybody for listening to me and um jake's not bad He's a good guy. All right. <laughs> He's a good guy, despite uh, terrorizing people with snakes. And <laughs> uh, thank you, Medusa. We'll catch you guys next time right here on The Snake Pit. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff Jarrett. And I know a thing or two about walking out on a bad deal, like paying someone else's mortgage. Don't let your landlord get over on you. Walk out on that bad deal and stop throwing your money away on rent today with SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You may not even need a down payment. Your new house payment could be less than what you're paying now. So if you're still renting, what are you doing? Conrad and his team can help you reverse your landlord's figure four leg lock, and you can move up the card to home ownership. Visit SaveWithConrad.com today. That's right, SaveWithConrad.com today. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo!